first time long time 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 hey there sports fans first time long time i'm tommy fitzgerald he's richie barone richie how is your 2017 my 2017 so far going way better than 2016. Uh, managed not to throw up on the train on the way home from New Year's Eve. So that was, uh, it got things off to a roaring start. And, uh, you know, we, we happened to stumble into our first interview of the year. And, uh, you know, he, he's a, a Mets legend, a utility guy. Tell us who we had on. I tell you, Richie, I, one of my favorite Metropolitans of all time, Super Joe McEwing, he was an incredible player, played any position that the Mets asked him to play, a great teammate, and he's doing a great job with the White Sox. He was a class act during this interview, took time out of his Christmas shopping to join us. Our man, Super Joe McEwing. All right, now we're back here with uh, Joe McEwing. Joe, welcome to the show. How's everything going? I heard your Christmas shopping. How's that been? It's, it's outstanding. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. No, it's been uh, a little crazy, you know, waiting till the last minute to try to get all your Christmas shopping done and, and get everything right so you're not rushed for the last couple of days. But uh, everything's good. Everything's good. People are, people are a little crazy out here, uh, zooming up and down the, the lanes and the aisles, but uh, it's good. Real good. If ever in doubt, you know what you do. You just, you just get everyone you love an Outback gift card. No problems. They all that, go to the Outback, that, have a good meal. That is a great idea. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no problem. That's a great idea. Great, great bacon cheese fries. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Joe. And I, I tell you, the, some of the big news this offseason, you're going from uh, being the third base coach with the Chicago White Sox, becoming the bench coach. And, you know, what's the biggest thing for you as, as you make that change? And what's sort of the difference in uh, some of your day-to-day approach? Uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of difference, you know, uh, as a third base coach, my, my responsibilities were, uh, coach at third and, and controlling the infield, positioning the infield. And, and so, you know, going through a daily day as a third base coach, you're, you're basically breaking down every outfielder's arm, uh, how accurate they are, how well they move side to side. Do they get flat footed? Do they, will they get behind the ball? Uh, arm strength, accuracy, and, uh, you know, and then positioning the infielders, you know, uh, going against breaking down every ground ball that uh, this individual's hit throughout the course of a year against a lefty or righty and then against our guys and trying to put, put them in the best position to be successful. And now, you know, making the transition, uh, have a great, great, great relationship with uh, Ricky Renteria. We, uh, we worked together last year a lot and breaking down video and studying video together. I learned so much from him. He's such a such amazing baseball uh, individual, and I, I can't wait to continue to learn every single day from him because last year I, I was like a sponge. I didn't want to leave aside. I just uh, learned so much every single day and, and, you know, help him out in the best way possibly can for, for us as an organization and for, for him and, and the White Sox to be successful. Are you excited to uh, start working with Yon Moncada? That guy, he's like a grizzly bear with a baseball bat. 
<laughs> we had we had a lot of really really good reports on him, and uh, you know what we can't forget is how young this guy is. Everybody's going to want him to come so quick, and and you know getting adapted to baseball life here in the United States, and and for as young as he is, it, it may take some time. You know, it may be a little rough in the beginning, but once you get polished, uh, the reports are unbelievable, and you know could have superstar type super superstar type talent so we'll see how it plays out and uh we're definitely real excited about about uh the acquisitions we made so far this winter that's awesome stuff joe and i i tell you going into your background you know growing up in pennsylvania not necessarily a a, a major hotbed when you think about baseball and was there uh you know someone in your family or uh, you know, a coach or someone at a young age that really got you to fall in love with the game and, and really grind your way to uh, to the major leagues? I think it was more of, you know, people from the neighborhood just outside playing all the time, whether it be wiffle ball, uh, basketball, football, whatever it may be on that, you know, that time of year. You know, we were always outside playing and we all just gravitated to each other and we'd meet up at a certain time and, and, you know, uh, play two-hand touch football, play wiffle ball, uh, play three-on-three basketball. So whatever time of year it was, that's what ball we picked up and, and uh, just really gravitated towards baseball. It was, it, was, uh, it was my pride and joy. I also enjoyed basketball, but in the long run, uh, baseball was really what I wanted to do. Well, it obviously worked out pretty nicely, and you know we're uh, we're Mets guys, so uh, we have very fond memories of your time with the team. Uh, you know, what was what was your favorite part about playing in New York, and uh, any any funny stories from your time with the Mets? Oh, so many! Uh, God, I, I couldn't. I do I won't know where to begin. I first of all, I love New York. I loved competing in New York. I loved the energy uh, of everything about it you know everything intensifies you know your drive your drive to the ballpark you know you think it's like a little luxury drive and you're you know you're five lanes white knuckled just driving to the ballpark so you know the stress of that i enjoyed that i thrived on that i i love that and just competing in new york every day with the expectations to to win every single day and that's why we always played the game is the is the win and uh you know, that's what I loved about coming to the ballpark every day, feeling the energy of, of, of Shea Stadium, you know, with, with the fans just, you know, caring so much about their ball club and, and the individual performers. It, it, Mets fans are, uh, and New York individuals in, in, in general, passionate fans. And to be able to compete in the mecca of sports for, you know, for five years, I was very fortunate and very lucky and, you know, I, one I'm very thankful for. You when know, you say, a lot of a lot of great. Go ahead. No, okay. I was going to say when you when you uh, you say passionate, I know I know us Met fans can be a little ridiculous at times. I mean, have you ever? What was the mo- you know what was the most ridiculous thing you heard from a Met fan in in like a moment of impatience? I mean, you know, a lot of us think we're funny. We're not that funny. Uh, you know, what was uh? You, you have to hear some fans while you're on the field, right? Uh, I try to block it out, you know, realistically. Yeah, I do. I, no, I mean, you know, you try to block it out and just try to focus on what you're doing that, that day. But, you know, 
it's not like we we go to the plate with bases loaded and two outs and, and want to strike out. <laughs> you know, we we do want to get it done. You know, so we understand that we're not always going to be successful on a, on a daily basis. Think about it. You fail seven out of ten times, and you're a Hall of Famer. You know, and that's a lot of failure right. in the game. So, you know, and that's that's a lot. It takes a strong mental person to be able to grind through that every single day. But, you know, I, no, I, I'll tell you a funny story about a Mets fan. I was walking my dog, and this, 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 this may come up. I was walking my dog at like 8 in the morning, and I swear to you, a lady, lady four floors up, probably 70, 75 years old, opens the window, and start yelling, what What the heck happened last night? How do you give it up in the eighth and ninth? What, is, what was Bobby V thinking? What, what are you guys doing? What are you guys teaching? What are you t- trying to prepare to do? And I'm like, good morning, ma'am. How are you? Hope you're having a great day. <laughs> I think she sits next to me in Section 520, Joe. I think it's the same woman. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, but that's what I miss. I miss, I miss all that. I miss going to the corner bodega and get my bacon, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll and getting a post and grabbing, grabbing a coffee and just, you know, watching people go to work on day games and, and just, just enjoying that. I, I enjoyed that every single moment, and I never took it for granted. That's awesome, Joe. And, and with your time with the Mets and, and Cardinals and every other team, your, your versatility was really something that separated you no matter what day it was they could – throw you into a variety of different positions. And I guess with today's game, do you see with sort of more specialization, do you think that's a lost part of the game is having the ability to, to play so many positions? Well, it's coming back now. I mean, guys, you know, uh, guys are getting some really good money to be able to move around the baseball field now. And, uh, you know, George Kissel, when I was coming up with the, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, such a great teacher and, and an outstanding baseball person uh, said more, the more tools you have in your toolbox, the better off you are. The more a manager has the opportunity to give you a chance to go out there and compete and try to help a club win. So, you know, I never forgot that. And I tried to sharpen my pencil every day to where, you know, I was prepared and, and mentally and physically prepared for once that game start, no matter what, what, would happen during that game and I'd be able to try to help the club win. And guys are, I mean, so many guys throughout the league now, uh, you know, Zobrist and, and guys like that are able to play Marwin Gonzalez, able to play so many different positions. They're so valuable to a club now. And, uh, you know, it definitely gives a manager a lot, a lot of flexibility. It's very true. It may be uh, Jose Reyes is here for the Mets. I, I know they're looking to do that yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah. we'll see how it goes. I don't know if he's going to be able to play the outfield, but apparently TC is going to try that. Jose, so, uh, Jose is athletic enough. He he may, you know, by the end of it, be one of the best center fielders if, if you put him in that situation. You know, he is so athletic and, and so gifted. He's such a special, special talent. Well, we would definitely love that. I mean, you know... Um, Another thing you were you were big on in your time in New York, and obviously just playing in general, uh, you had a you had a tendency to get big hits off Randy Johnson, which I'm sure you know everyone talks to you about nonstop. 
But my question is here, did you ever get to talk to Randy Johnson one-on-one? And did he, did he know nope. that you owned him? No, you never talked to him. Never talked to him. Never talked to him. He said, let's see, he said a couple words to me. I was, I was on a DL at the time. It was a Friday. It was a Friday night. They were going out the stretch. I was on the DL at the time. He was pitching on Sunday, and he said I, he walked by. I was taking ground balls at third base, and uh, he walked by and he said, "I guarantee you're off the DL by Sunday." <laughs> and I, and I was. <laughs> I was. No, you, you know, it's just one of those things where you you really can't put a finger on it. You know, I was very fortunate to have success against him. Uh, some success anyway, you know, I, I mean, 250 is average. That's, that's what my numbers were against him. But, uh, you know, I just loved competing against him. You know, you you want to go out there and compete against the best and, and see where you are. And it was just a thrill to be able to be on the same field and compete with, uh, a guy of his caliber and a hall of famer. Yeah, and I tell you, Joe, being a player in New York, you got to see the Mets-Yankees rivalry, and now you've been in Chicago uh, with the Cubs and the White Sox. What is it between the two cities? Are they are they similar? Uh, were the White Sox rooting for the Cubs down the stretch in this year's run? How does that work out? It's very similar. You know, uh, very, very, very similar. You know, both, uh, all four fan bases are very passionate about their ball club. Uh, you know, in the city of Chicago, it's North Side, South Side. You know, in 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 New York, it's it's Queens and the Bronx. You know, so it's it's very similar in in the way that uh, interleague is is made it to that point to where it's such a great rivalry and 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 so fun to play in that atmosphere. You know, and it's good to be able to go on a road game and not leave your house. But uh, it's very similar and, and, you know, great for the Cubs that they were able to go out there and and put together a great run and and win a championship. Yeah, it was definitely insane. And, uh, you know, Joe, so we appreciate your time here. We got two more questions and we'll let you go. Continue to buy Outback gift cards. No worries. I'm having fun. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. But uh, when you were with the team, you were number 47. First, how did you wind up with that number? And secondly... Did Tom Glavin bully you when he came on the team and took it? <laughs> uh, how I came up with the number 47, when I was coming up through the minor league system, uh, John Mabry, who is now the hitting coach with St. Louis, uh, he wore number 47. So when I got, he took care of me all through the minor leagues. He was always like a year or two ahead of me, and, and uh, he took care of me in the minor leagues with the Cardinals. And when I got caught up, he told him to give me number 48 so that I would lock her next to him and lock her next to him on the road. So he would take care of me and show me the ropes and what to do, what not to do. So that off season, he got traded to Seattle and uh, I got the spring training. I had number 47 and he told the clubhouse guys, give it, give 47 to Joe and don't let anybody else have it. So it always it was always special to me to be able to you know uh, to wear 47 because he he took care of me and and uh, well, I'm so thankful for that that you know that's the way this game is it's passed down from generation to generation it's like a fraternity and then when when Glavin came he said uh, he said well 
I went to 11 because it was 4 plus 7. And, uh, oh, wow. Gladman's like, well, yeah. So Gladman's like, well, what do you want? And I said, nothing. I, I, are you kidding me? I don't want anything. You know, I respect you too much. You know, yeah, I love competing against you, and I'm so happy you, you're a teammate now. You know, I don't want anything. And uh, I said, well, just, he goes, I, no chance. I got to give you some." And uh, so I said, well, why don't we just go out, have a couple of drinks, and, and just talk about it. And he said, he said, no, no chance. So uh, his wife called my uh, wife at the time, and, and uh, she was expecting, and, and he, they, the Glavins kindly did a whole uh, baby nursery for, for the baby, which was very kind and very nice. Oh wow! Oh wow, that's great. Well, Joe, I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's an incredible story. And, and before we let you go, uh, obviously, Meth fans would want to know. Uh, you, you don't have to answer this, but the future, things work out. A few, you know, a few lucky bounces. Would you ever consider being the full time manager for the New York Mets? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I, Terry Collins has done a great job with everything he's been handed, you know, I thought I, I sit back and, and you watch games and, and, and I think he's done an outstanding job and, and we're not, I'm, I'm not in this game to take anybody's job. I'm very fortunate to have mine. I'm very fortunate to be part of the White Sox, uh, White Sox organization and White Sox family. And, and, you know, whatever comes along, along the way, uh, you know, it is a true blessing. I'm in no hurry, and, and I don't, I believe things come to you uh, at the right time, and they happen for a reason. Absolutely, Joe. I tell you, us Mets fans, uh, we're so, so thrilled for you to take the time. Grew up watching you. So excited for you and, and the Chicago White Sox, and really looking forward to uh, to that team over there, young team, growing team, and, and really couldn't appreciate you more. You're a total class act, and uh, just thrilled that you took the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Wow, Richie, I tell you what, Super Joe could not have been a better guy. Some great stories there. The stuff about Tom Glavin, I didn't know any of that. Talking about John Mayberry taking care of him coming up. A guy that really appreciates the game of baseball and really just an all-around great guy. Oh, I'm going to have some real stories. I'm going to look like the, the cat's pajamas when I'm talking to my friends about uh, Super Joe this week at the, weekend at the bar. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can get together with Joe. And, and if he buys an extra Outback gift card, if he didn't give them all to his family, maybe we can get ourselves a Bloomin' Onion, a couple beers, and, uh, you know, celebrate 2017 together. So thanks again to Super Joe McEwing, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, hey fellas, this is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time, yeah. Hey guys, this is Audie Bevilacqua from Hapog. First time, long time.